welcome to this week's episode of The Things Nobody Tells You. I am your rather tired, very overdramatic, feeling slightly unwell, over, no, sorry, underqualified older sister. Uh, how we doing? How you doing? If you are a first time listener for this episode, maybe don't make this the first episode. I'm going to start it there. I'm just going to start it there because when I tell you I'm about to dig up the dead bodies on this one, and, and I actually don't mean that metaphorically. Don't mean that metaphorically. So I would I would maybe pick a different episode, maybe a lighter episode. I think people do trigger warnings now, which I think is great. Uh, we didn't have that when I was growing up. I don't think anyone did. This is a very new thing. So, you know, trigger warning on this episode definitely for like death and grief. Um, it's a bitch. So like if you're going through that and don't want to hear about it, yeah, don't listen to this episode for sure. First off, I want to say a big thank you again to everyone who's been listening to the podcast over the last few weeks. You really have made it such an amazing, bigger, bolder, crazy community. And I appreciate you guys so much and I'm here for it. I appreciate and I'm so grateful to every single one of you and I love that we're we're joining forces and becoming a fun little place where you send me the things that are going wrong in your lives and quite frankly guys it's I, are you okay like I I know you asked me that but maybe I should be asking you that it doesn't sound like it's going so well for some of you based on some of the emails I'm getting how to start this week's episode, I think I am dilly-dallying around and I'm just going to dive straight in. Uh, when I'm recording this podcast, the next day is, is so tomorrow is for me, is the anniversary of my fiance's passing of a certain amount of years. And, uh... <sighs> I don't quite understand why it's hitting me so hard. I really don't. I don't. It doesn't make any sense. Last year, I was so busy. I, I barely noticed it happened. And I was working. I was doing a Broadway show at the time. I, I acknowledged it. I was emotional about it. But, like, I just kept it moving. And I don't know why this year it feels like everything is at a standstill. And it is a little bit crippling. Not going to lie to you, but we're like moving on through it, borderline ignoring it. Don't recommend you do that. Again, if you're a first time listener, don't don't make this the first episode. But if you didn't listen to my advice at the start of the episode when I said that, I'll just give you a backstory. Um, my fiance, great guy, suddenly passed away several years ago now. Um, Just for absolutely no reason like like it, it was a complete freak incident and um he is dead now he is dead and that is that and ever since then life has been very different than what I thought it was going to be because I was gonna spend what I thought would be the rest of my life with him so yeah, we weird. Oh god, these are such weird things to say. I wanted to make this episode about grief and about what a bitch it is. I mean, it is so difficult to navigate. People don't prepare you for it, and I 
I think it's also given such a weird time limit that just isn't a thing. And I I just can't stand by it. Like, I, do, I don't co-sign the societal norms, if you will, of grief. So I'm just kind of going to blow the roof on the whole thing and be super real about it. I will say that fun fact that might surprise you. When I originally first started this podcast, it was right before my fiance passed away. So all the original show notes I have, um, I have like recordings on my phone uh, doing like different concepts, ideas, intros, like testing it, practicing. And in the background of some of them, you can hear my fiance because he was there when I was doing it. Or he was on FaceTime to me on my computer and I was just, we were just on FaceTime and I was doing it on my phone. And it's, it's so wild that I came up with this concept and, and wanted to pursue this creative space when I knew him. And he was also, fun fact, in the podcast space. So when he passed, like, it was... It, it was weird. It was very weird because I didn't know how to... I was entering this space. He'd been in it for a long time and knew it like the back of his hand. And so like so much of what I was learning was from him. And so much of the original feedback was from him. And the, I mean, the ironic thing is that original podcast... Th- those original episodes were recorded. They'll never see the light of day. I mean, one, it's so different to what it is now, like what the podcast is now, I was like, I, yeah, I won't even speak on that, but I do have the episodes, I think somewhere. And it's, yeah, it's a very weird thing to talk about. This is by far the hardest podcast episode I've ever recorded, but I felt like it was important because this isn't for me. This is for you. And if just one person is going through something similar, this helps you know that you're really not alone. Oh my God, I'm going to try so hard not to cry in this episode. I swear I'm going to be, I'm going to try and be so strong, but don't worry. Like there's nothing wrong with crying. I'm not co-signing. Did I just learn the word co-signing? I've now said it twice. There's nothing wrong with crying. I'm just saying, you know, I'm going to try not to do it in a podcast because who wants to wants to listen to someone cry when they've got like their airpods in I'm gonna try really hard I promise so after he died you would think that podcasting would maybe make me feel close to him maybe it would be something I want to do because I miss him and for like a second it was and then it wasn't and then the podcast just got really angry like each episode I was just furious that this man was dead and it was just like what is this podcast it was the things nobody tells you about Lily yelling about things it was hilarious but it what no one was going to listen to that. So for a year the podcast was dead and buried. Pun not intended. And then the next year we got into talk with a network and then we originally did do a few episodes, but unfortunately that network fell apart. Like the company just fell apart. So to make sure that I could re-release it, we removed the whole thing and and now it's the podcast is what it is today. And all the episodes you see. And it is weird because 
yes, there are podcasts out there with him on them. And I, I sometimes will go and listen to them if I want to just hear him talk. And it is weird because it, it's been so many years now. It's been less than five, but it's been an X amount of years. And it's just weird feeling like tomorrow is the same day such and such years ago that this person died. But it it doesn't mean anything but that. It 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 doesn't it wasn't their birthday. It isn't Christmas. It's it's the day they died. And so it's a weird day because how do you approach that? Do you celebrate it? Do you treat it like a funeral? Do you ignore it? I have done more ignoring than anything else. I'm going to be very frank about that. I I don't know what you do with that. And I'm someone who doesn't have anyone in my life who is now, who is in any way close, was close to him. So it it's weird. Like, obviously, I have all my friends and family who are connected to it through me. But no one was like his friend who I call up and talk to about this. I don't have that relationship with any of them um, anymore. And time can do a lot of things. And that's one of them. I think for me, I don't know how I'm going to react tomorrow. I might just, just treat it like a day. Do whatever I want, however I want. And not really listen to anyone. (laughs) I think I'm just going to have to treat tomorrow like another day. And I'm going to treat it like a yes day. Like anything I want to do, I will do. Anniversaries of deaths are weird because you don't know what to do for them. And then when you do, because I have dealt with this multiple times. This is not the first death in my life, unfortunately. When you do have direct relationships with people who were close to the person who died. Like let's say you have a family member who's passed. So it's the rest of your family that was close to them. The weird pressure people put on you to be like well what are you going to do I'm not going to do anything I get to do whatever I want like some people's expectation on your behavior while you grieve the loss of someone you loved is just bizarre to me I don't understand it when my fiance first passed away and just I'll give a side note again to anyone who was a first time listener or maybe missed this detail I don't reveal I I try to be very respectful of my fiance's identity his life his family his friends so just know it's not me not telling you I'm just trying to be respectful of his family and friends left behind and I'm not I'm not trying to out anyone or do anything. And I talk about some tricky things. So I try to be respectful. And just know it's not me hiding him or anything. I'm just, I never want to like have someone approach me and come at me because I, they feel like I discuss their grief. People see it weirdly. Like I'm trying to be very respectful just of his privacy. He didn't choose to die and he did not choose for me to talk about him on a podcast. So all I can do is talk about my experience, which is why I will just be ultra respectful of that. Anyway, back to what I was saying. I'll never forget the day he died and where I was sitting on the floor when I found out and how I found out. 
I found out on Facebook that he died. I went full psycho girlfriend. I went full cuckoo for Cocoa Pops. I was like, something's wrong. I'll never forget waking up. It would have been the day before. No, no, no. Sorry. It would have been the day. Sorry. I messed that up. It would have been the day he passed, but I didn't find out he had passed until the day after, if that makes sense. So it was the the morning he passed away and I woke up and I immediately knew something was wrong. And I have a video because I used to well, no, I still do. I either video or voice note my friends. Now I just voice note them. But I guess several years ago, I just would vlog them. I have a video I sent to my best friend and I was like, something is wrong. Are you okay? Someone is not okay. Someone is not okay. And as the day went on, I was convinced it was him. I knew something had happened. We were halfway through the day and I was checking morgues. I was calling hospitals I was doing all kinds of things trying to find I was reaching out to family members I was reaching out to all of his friends I was trying to figure out what had happened by the time the next morning rolled around and I knew something was wrong and I went to bed that night and I I couldn't stand it because I knew something was wrong like I he I knew something was wrong and I don't think I'll ever a week before he had passed away, I have never said that. I actually have only ever told one person this. Okay. A week before he passed away, I had a dream that he died. I had a dream he died. And I had a dream that I was standing on a street corner. And I got a phone call that he died. Now, this didn't then go and happen again in real life. But it, I will never forget that. It was the most bizarre thing. And I remember bringing it up to my best friend. And she was like, that's weird. And I was like, yeah. I'm clearly like got anxiety because I'm worried about everyone dying because like I've had people pass away in my life. Right. So I was like, oh, my anxiety is just up because for whatever reason, because I'm worrying about, you know, my loved ones dying. And then the next week that happened and I knew something was wrong. I think I just hoped it was like he was in the hospitals, you know, all these things. And then the next day rolled around and I hadn't heard anything no one had really gotten back to me. No one, everyone had like seen my messages. I could see they've seen it. And no one had responded, which was the weirdest part. I was like, what is going on? I'm thinking of every possible scenario you can think of. And then I found out, through, then I, you know, I find his other best friend and I'm like, oh, there you are. Uh, and then I look at his profile when I go to message him and I found out that he had passed away. And I remember not believing it and being so confused (laughs) and not knowing what to do. And all I remember is staring at the computer screen, sitting on the floor, and my computer was sitting on the couch. And I was just like staring at it. And I feel like I was like dry heaving, so I wasn't crying. And I couldn't, I was just in shock. I made three phone calls. One was to work because I had a meeting in less than an hour. One was to my best friend. And another was to this friend who I had his phone number, but it was his work phone number for a random thing through, I don't know, something we'd had in a previous time. So I didn't have his direct phone number to text him. But as soon as I saw 
that he had posted that I called his work number. I was like, screw it. I was like, I'm calling your work. He didn't answer. So I messaged him on Facebook. Those were like the things that happened directly after I found out. When I called my best friend, all I remember... I actually, I can't, I can't even lie to you. I don't know what I said on that call. I don't know what I said on that call. I'm trying to think. I don't. All I remember is X amount of time later, she showed up at my house, probably within the hour. She called out of work herself. She showed up at my house and she found me outside. I was like throwing away the trash outside. Like I was doing, and I was just like standing on the street and that's where she found me. And she brought me upstairs. That's all I re- all I remember. And then I was in contact with his his friends and family, and they were letting me know, you know, the actual situation and confirming it. And I didn't believe it when I'd heard it from his best friend. I was like, "There's a mistake. There's a mistake. There's a mistake. There's been a, a mess up at the morgue. It's not the same person. He has a common name. I'm like that. We could there could be another person with his name. Maybe all these things. I was coming up with." every single bargaining tool that you can imagine. And unfortunately, none of them worked. <laughs> yeah, he had passed away. And he had passed away the day before, too. I, A lot of people didn't know. So then that kicked into gear. And I've said this on the podcast before. I had to go to New York the night I found out he died to do a show on Broadway and I had no choice it was a one-woman show I had to go in my head I was like I have to go and my best friend was my producer and so she she asked me I remember her asking me like do you want to cancel and I said we can't I was like we literally cannot cancel so she picked me up we had a red-eye flight The only thing I remember from that time period of like, I don't know who packed my bags. <laughs> I don't know who did anything. All I remember is uh, we had to fix my friend's necklace. Her necklace broke and we were just, and it had a shell on it. And we were just sitting there as she fixed it. And I just remember watching as she fixed this necklace. And that's all, isn't that weird? That's all I can remember. <laughs> And then the next thing I remember is sitting on that plane and I wrapped a scarf around my head because wintertime in New York, very much so. And so I had all my heavy layers with me flying out of LAX. I wrapped a scarf around my head. I closed my eyes and I put in my headphones and I, I was playing some meditation music and I don't listen to meditation music. Like that's not a thing I do. And all I kept thinking was, okay, I'm going to wake up and this won't be true. I'm going to wake up and it won't be real. And I just kept saying that over and over and over again to myself. I'm going to wake up and this won't be real. And I'm pretty sure I slept through that entire flight Because all I remember is waking up and we had landed. And the first thing I did was look at my phone and be like, it's not going to be real. Watch, you're going to look. And he's going to have texted you. And everything is going to be fine. The trip that then came of me doing this show, being in New York, was by 
far the craziest trip ever. Like it was truly bizarre. Like it truly was. I did the show. I will never forget forgetting to do my curtain call, which is where you go out and bow at the end of the show. I forgot. So no one knew the show was over. It was the most awkward thing that's actually ever happened to me on stage. I will never forget that. I will never forget getting text messages and finding out from his friend and his friend had found out like your fiance was coming to surprise you in New York that weekend. And I begged that man not to come to my show because I said, I don't want, I'm just going to be embarrassed if you come. Like, I'm just going to be too focused on the fact that you're watching it. I'm going to be too, too nervous. Like don't come. And I made him swear he wouldn't. And he obviously wasn't going to listen. Um, which was very much like him. He was very supportive. He was too supportive, honestly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I'll never forget getting flowers to my it, during my rehearsal, the tech rehearsal. And I got flowers sent to the theater from him because they had been prearranged. So I got flowers from a dead man. Like the lo- I will never forget the person at the stage door telling me this and I just had to be like he I literally looked her dead in the eye and her name was Rose <laughs> she had bright red hair and I will never forget this woman as long as I live she goes there's flowers here from you and she said the name of the person who sent them my fiance's name and I just looked at her and I go oh he's dead you see also the show I was doing required me to have a certain level of like energy about me and I had just come out of the rehearsal so when she said this to me I was very much in that energy and had blocked out everything else happening and so I directly looked at this girl when she said you you have a flower delivery it's from Blah, blah, blah. I looked at her and go, he's dead. <laughs> the look on her face. She thought I was making a joke. Like maybe a boyfriend had sent them to me and I was like, he's dead to me. I was like, no, no, no. He's physically dead. So that's not possible. And then she showed them to me and I was like, and I wasn't allowed to take them into the theater. But she was like, no, I'm not, I'm not joking. And she showed me the note, which was just like a, typed note like he hadn't handwritten it everyone relax I don't have a note from beyond the grave but no he I was like this is unbelievable like this is truly the most this is crazy like this is absolutely insane no I got flowers from beyond the grave which it's weird moments like that in the in the few days after he passed which I I'm like I remember those moments for a reason like I I remember those moments for a reason because they were either healing or helpful or or a nice little break from the feeling of like I'm dying inside I don't think anyone talks about that part when somebody dies what's ironic is you feel like you're it's so painful you actually feel like you're dying inside I don't really think anyone talks about that it's physically painful isn't that crazy the death of someone else causes you physical pain isn't 
it wrap your head around that. And if you've never experienced loss, all I have to say is when it does happen to you, because I'm sorry to say this, it will. I can't. If you lived a life and you experienced no loss, you would know no people. Just. I hope you have core people around you who can hold your hand because it will be hard, especially if you go later into life never experiencing it. All I really can recall from that whole trip of me being in New York and working on that show is just the constant shock, like the constant shock of the situation. And I was able to like, because I had to go to dinners with people I was working with and, and, you know, who were working behind the scenes and all these things. And I just had to be like, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. Yep. Act like I, and in this industry, you have to be on in the entertainment industry if you were the performer you your job is to literally always be on while you are around industry people it is insane but it's your job and that's fine play the role I can do that every day of the week that's fine but to do that while you are dealing with hey my fiance died less than 72 hours ago I'm not feeling like being on that you can't have that conversation so I did it I I best performance of my life For those few days, it was truly bizarre, like true, (laughs) truly and utterly bizarre. And I almost wonder because I didn't start my TikTok account until 2021. I don't know when TikTok really became a thing. I know I didn't have it in 2019 or 2018 for that matter. I don't know if it was around then. I don't think it was that popular. I feel like it only hit its peak like during COVID. Like it really hit its peak during COVID, which means it must have been a thing around 2019. I almost wonder sometimes like what would it have been like if I had been sharing that story as it happened on the internet? Because I have no recollection of it. Part of me is like, I wish I could go back and watch that time because I've blocked out so much. And I think that comes out of my brain is trying to protect itself because I was in so much pain. Like the physical pain that I was talking about that you feel when someone dies. Obviously, it's mental trauma. So my body will and my brain will protect itself by one by one erasing things that just happen to be in my like recent memory. So I don't relive them or rethink about them. And I understand it. Like, I've listened to a lot of psychologists talk about it. And it is crazy what your brain can do for you to protect you. What what the lies that your brain can tell yourself. For, like, three days during this trip, I told myself this whole thing is one big elaborate prank. And I will get a phone call from him. And I kept calling his phone. And the worst part, I think, was after the show was done... I was sitting on my best friend's sofa, and I was like, okay. And we were still in New York at this point. I was like, okay, we did it. And I'm sitting there. I'm actually sitting there with her whole family, who were the most amazing. They're my second family. They're the most amazing people in the world. And I look at my phone, and I am getting a phone call from his phone. <laughs> no joke. He, he was calling me. And I was just like, this isn't, this isn't uh, happening. 
And I'll never forget turning the phone and not saying a word and turning the phone and showing it to my best friend. No words. Just I turned the phone to show her. And I, I feel like she said something like, do you want me to answer it? I don't remember if I answered it or if I let them leave a message and then called them back. All I will tell you is this. Um, it was a family member calling me from his phone because obviously I had called him so many times that when they got to his phone, they assumed I didn't know because of all the missed calls. So that's why they called me. But to call me from his phone as opposed to maybe just like moving my number onto another phone, that one, like, I will never quite understand why one did that. But I also am empathetic to the fact that, one, not every person understands how to use technology. And two, you're going through your own grief. So they're not going to think about yours. So I, I understand. I don't fault that person. But Jesus, I would never do that to someone in hindsight. I'm just letting everyone know. If I have to do that for you, I will not be calling you from your dead fiance's phone. So that was fun. That was really, that was, yeah, that was a great moment for me. I think the biggest thing I can tell you if I gave you like unqualified, a little unhinged advice is if you're going through grief right now or especially around the holidays, if you know someone who's lost someone around this time, I'm just letting you know, even if it's been 10 years, this is going to be hard for them. It's, it's still hard. It's still painful. It hurts. And I think one of the parts that hurts is when you feel like other people have forgotten them or you feel like other people have forgotten that loss. And it's not because we want attention. I think it's more that grief makes you feel alone, right? I'm not crying. I am just PMSing, I promise. Actually, I am crying and I'm not PMSing, so I unpromise that. The con- the whole th- this is the basics of this bitch, all right? Grief makes you feel alone. That's just the way it is because you've lost someone who made you not feel alone. Losing them crumbles you in many ways. And grief isolates you emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually because you feel spiritually it can really mess you up I am not a specifically religious person in any which way at all I 100% respectful of every single person's religion I was raised Anglican but just in an Anglican school not in my home so I am not a specifically religious person so the thing with that for me is Like I'm like bartering with the universe because or or like a God, some God, any God, because I'm like, help somebody do something to reverse what has just happened to reverse the death. I mean, I won't forget how many times I said to like, I don't know, again, the universe just, okay, we'll trade like they're a better person than me. My fiance shouldn't have died. He's a better person than I was way better, way nicer, way kinder. Just 
he was better. He was better. I feel like more people liked him. More people loved him. Just statistically, just numbers wise, bring him back. Take me out. I feel like that's the best thing. Or then I would barter and I'd be like, my favorite one is when I would sit down each night and I'd be like, look, bring him back. And I promise to never see him again. <laughs> like I thought like the universe was like, no, you're just not allowed to have a love story. I'd be like, okay, it's fine. I'll cut you a deal. Bring him back. And I promise to never see him again. Just make him exist on this earth again. It, I mean, the bartering that went on. I think there was one where I said I would I would um, dedicate my life to charity work if you could bring him back. And I promise to never see him again. And I promise to never contact him. But bring him back. Make this not be real. Like, make it have been like he went into witness protection. Make that have happened as opposed to him dying. And I'll do whatever you want. Like, I was ready to, like, I was going to do anything. Uh, anything at this point. I mean, the bartering got a little out of control. But I'm an overdramatic person. So, of course, the bartering was really stepped up another. I mean, I was pro I was basically trading kidneys with the universe to get him back on Earth at this point. It was bad. Um spoiler alert the universe didn't help out on that one they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't control r they couldn't reverse it they couldn't undo so we're still stuck with the current dead status which was a real bummer but back to my point if you do know someone who is grieving or if you yourself are grieving especially around the holidays it's very it's very difficult it's very hard, whether it's been 10 years or 10 minutes. No one wants to feel alone. No one wants to feel alone. And grief makes you feel alone. Which is why I wanted to do things like cover this subject in an episode and do this in real time and not be fake about it. Because if this helps like one person for five minutes and that's it, like that's it, then it's worth it. All I will tell you is if you do know someone who is grieving, my advice to you would be reach out to them, write them a card, write them a letter. I think people underestimate the power of cards and letters. If you write me a letter, you have no, and some of the, like the DMs you guys send me mean so much to me. I reply to every single one I can. They mean so much to me that so many of you reach out and want to share your experiences and the things happening in your life and even the shitty things. It means so much to me that you all want to reach out and have that connection because it's connection that stops you feeling alone, that takes that away, that eases that pain. And when you're grieving great loss, like a spouse or a parent or God forbid a child, It's the loneliness and the physical pain of that loss and feeling isolated and like your pain. It's not that it doesn't matter, but like it's forgotten because then you start to feel like, is it real? And it just isolates you more. So reach out to that person, write them a letter, write them a card, send them a gift Remind them that you remember the person they lost. That's not going to hurt our feelings. That's never going to hurt our feelings. Ever. Ever. We're always, we can always say, I don't want to talk about it. Talk about that person. Bring them up. Bring up a memory. Ask them, like, 
what did you and blah 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 used to do with the holidays like what was that like you if we don't want to talk about it we can shut you down we can't be in more pain than we already are so don't ever be scared to bring it up and I think a lot of people are be considerate be empathetic to the best of your ability don't be an asshole don't be an asshole but no one is getting mad at you for bringing it up no one is being mad at you for caring no one is going to get mad at you or think that you're overstepping by like telling someone you care and are thinking about them because you know this must be difficult no one is going to do that and if they do just know it's not about you and you bringing it up probably made them feel less alone even if it had a bad trigger response even if that happened even if I snap at you which I guarantee you most of the time won't happen. But if it does, I guarantee you it's not about you. And it was, we still like that you did it in a weird way. I will say this in the aftermath, looking back on everything, like my best friend saved me. She saved me. A lot of people in my life didn't know how to deal with it. Didn't, I'll be so real. So many people didn't care. (laughs) You know, I had one friend that, It created a huge problem in our friendship because she, I felt like the friendship wasn't real because she acted like it was legitimately nothing and made it about her. And she knows this. And we've moved on from that because with time I could confront her about that and vocalize it. Hey, you were a real bitch in a time when I had lost everything. And that's not how that works. But my best friend at the time, she she saved me. Like, she held my hand through every crazy moment in the aftermath of that. And it, I'm so grateful. I, I, I randomly will send her messages just thanking her for doing that for me. Randomly. She saved me during that loss. And I will forever be indebted to her for that. And all I can hope is if anyone has to experience loss in life that they have a best friend like I did to hold their hand because everyone deserves that type of support. And even when it gets crazy, like for instance, um, I decided that I wanted to see a psychic. Mm-hmm. He'd been de- I'd been back in, in L.A. maybe a week after the show. So he'd been he'd been passed for like. I want to say 10 days, maybe two weeks. And I, my best friend was like, I have to go to this, this area. And I was like, you know where I need to go in that area to a psychic, a psychic. Can you take me to the psychic? She took me to the psychic. She went in with me to the psychic, the psychic. I wish I had re- thought to record. Cause you're allowed to obviously like record the things she said to me. She said some stuff I can't repeat because I'm like, I don't know if that's true or real. And if it is, that's really scary. But I'll never forget her her being like, whoa, who are these three dudes? <laughs> and it was, and I will never forget that one of the people who apparently kept wanting to communicate with me and I did not want to hear from them. And there were someone who I had dated who had passed away many years ago. And 
she was like, this person wants to keep talking to you. Like, keep bringing... And she, the things she was bringing up were so specific. And I was like, I will never forget being like, I don't want to hear from him. I don't want to hear from him. I want to hear from the recent one. And there wasn't... I'll have to ask my best friend because I, I've blocked quite a bit of it out. But I don't think my fiancé came, like, through very much in that reading. I think... I'll never forget you to say, this is very recent. Um, I think you need to give it some time and then come back and see me, I think, to get the messages, if there are any. I believe that's something to the effect she said to me. And I'll never forget we left the psychic's place, got in my friend's car, drove back to my apartment at the time, and... As we're getting out of the car, someone was looking at the building I was staying in, like, to rent an apartment. And I randomly said, can I help you? Like, there was no reason for me to say that. They were just staring at my building. And they said, yeah, I'm trying to rent. Like, do you like this apartment building? And I said, "Uh, yeah, what's your name? And he had the exact name as my fiancé. And for me, that's a moment that will always stand out because... When I tell you every second person I met for the next, I want to say, year had his name. It was crazy. And now I meet no one with his name. So I know it was very, it was just a weird thing that was happening at that time. Because now I meet no one with his name. So I can't say it's the most common name on the planet. Every second person I met had his name. And it was like this weird thing of every time it would happen I'd be like he's doing that like I, I don't know why I told myself that but I, I did I was like he he is doing that he is doing that somehow but yeah you I think you cling to those moments where you feel like that's him or that's them around you weird things that happen and I tried not to read into those things because it is very hard it, your brain can do a lot your brain can convince you of a lot, and it is it is very eerie. But yeah, the hardest things, I think, are the the symbols or the, the things we think the other side, if you will, are sending us. And those, that, that dies out over time. That lasts as long as you let it. That's the weird thing. Like, those moments will last as long as you let them. I was convinced for the longest time that every butterfly was him showing me a butterfly. And now when I see a butterfly, I think of that memory of me thinking that, but I no longer think that. So it's honestly, as long as you convince yourself or cling to those things, you'll keep seeing them. And that's the realist in me. That's me being a little too grounded. I also, I mean, then COVID happened not soon after. So I was very distracted COVID was a massive thing all around the world and I'm not American. And so it was a whole thing of like, where do I, which country do I go to? Do I stay here? Do I go to Australia? Do you know, all these other things. And each country was dealing with COVID differently. So it was a very difficult time. The industry was shut down. Work wasn't happening, but it was, if it was like through zoom and all this stuff. So like it was a lot to deal with and a lot to learn. And very distracting from my grief, if I'm honest. And I had no outlet for it because we all had to stay inside. So my grief just kind of lived inside me. And I feel like it wasn't until after COVID that I actually 
even attempted to deal with it, like process what had happened. Because I'm telling you, I still haven't for a good majority of it. Like I'm still dealing with processing what happened. I mean, I, I just have to look back at the whole thing and go like he was the most amazing man and he taught me so many things which are now part of my life like he taught me how to live and how to communicate and how to be part of like a healthy relationship and I will never be able to have those things with him which sucks but He was truly the most amazing human. And I think that was a huge part of like why I tried like stayed in the bartering stage so long because I was like, you don't understand, universe. I'm telling you, he was better. He's a better human fundamentally than me. Like exchange it. Do an exchange. It was like Zara. Like there's no there's no exchanges on it. No exchanges, no refunds. Go home after you stand in a three hour line. It's not happening. I know I've said this already in this episode, but I just I, I, I deeply want to encourage you, if you do know someone who has lost someone or someone who is grieving, just reach out, say hi, ask how they're doing. It's, it's weird how people will not show up for people after a certain period of time, after a loss, like people act like it didn't happen. And that's because it didn't happen to them. It just happened to you. But I can't tell you what it means to someone who has lost someone when someone turns around and says to them, how are you doing? What's going on? How are you feeling? How are you doing with everything? I can't tell you what that means to feel like someone remembers, someone cares, someone wants to know if you're okay. I Even if that person never admits it like I'm a person who would never admit that I can't tell you what that means like it's so meaningful and if you do have a person in your life who you're close to who has lost something some whoops who has lost someone if you remember the anniversary or their birthday of the person they've lost I can't tell you how meaningful that is to them like I have all unfortunately Almost every single person, every all of my friends have lost very, very close people to them on a very sad level at in very traumatic experiences. And I have all their birthdays and the anniversaries in my phone. And I, I know when that day comes and I know to be there. I know to do that, though, because I've had it happen to me and I would just want to do that for them. And that doesn't mean annoying them or bothering them or like reminding them it just means making sure that you reach out that day to be like hey how are you what's going on how are you feeling I love you I'm thinking of you honestly I love you I'm thinking of you is more than enough that's more than enough anyway anniversaries are a bitch let me tell you that death anniversaries they need to be rebranded we need to come up with a collective way to handle them because when I tell you I don't know how to handle them I'm being very honest I don't know what to do with it, which is why I'm like, tomorrow, I'm going to have a yes day. Anything I want to do, I'm going to do. But then I'm also going to feel guilty about doing things for me when it's like, tomorrow's not about me. But then, but then it's like, it is because you're the only one left. He's not here. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't wear my engagement ring, but I do wear the necklace 
that I have with our initials on it and I wear it every single day and if that thing ever breaks I will you will watch me prepare for a full mental breakdown of epic scale like I cannot ever have that thing break I actually once lost my engagement ring like a year ago when I was packing and when I tell you and my my very good friend found it thank god I was like oh you don't know and I I lost it and I was just like it's okay like I I freaked out for like a day and then I was like it's okay if I meant to have it, it'll I'll find it again. It's okay. I'll find it again. If I meant to have it, I'll find it again. And she found it. And she came up to me like two days later and gave it to me. She was like, look. So it's weird how some things that maybe should mean something like, I can't live without this, like my engagement ring, should maybe mean more and I should wear it every day. Like in your, you would think, right? But in reality, it's a necklace <laughs> like that, that, it should not have the same mean like it does not have the same meaning as the engagement ring whatsoever but if that I wore that every single day I wore that every single day and so it like has more meaning to it so I don't know the weird things we put meaning on with the sentimentality after loss is also very weird it's also very weird we can go a little cuckoo over that too so I don't know I might just spend tomorrow me and my necklace and my cat just hanging out I don't know I don't know what to tell you I'm not going to do a buckle up for this week's episode, mainly because all of them were so dark, you guys. Like, this episode was already a little bit traumatizing for me. I'm not going to read them this week. I'll do another episode at the start of next week. You basically got two episodes this week anyway, because last week's was so delayed with its release. I'm I'm not going to do a buckle up. I'm not going to do a thing you need this week. This is very much, I feel like, the memorial I never got to have (laughs) and I hope in some weird way this episode helped or gave something to someone even if it was like for a split second I will say this man was the first like this was the first time I had ever experienced like love at first sight and it was the most truly incredible thing it felt like I'd known them my whole life and this man taught me so much about me about life about relationships about love that he will always be a part of me and I think that's how I've learned to deal with the loss of him knowing that like he's just a part of me now and so all the things when I want to give up I told you I'm not going to cry. Give me a second. I've done very well. When I feel like I'm failing at something or when I want to give up or when I feel like it's just something isn't working or when I legit feel like I am failing at everything. I just remember I'm not allowed to give up because the only way he can keep living is if I keep going. Because he's a part of me. Like, that's how my brain justifies it. I'm like, I have to keep going. I have to keep going. And if you are also someone who has lost someone, all I can say is, I love you. And you also have to keep going. Anyway, I did really well because I didn't cry at all this episode. Thank you so much, everyone. I feel like I deserve an award. I feel like I get an award for this. 
that's going to wrap up this week's episode because it was depressing as all heck. And I feel like it was such a downer. Watch this episode have no downloads. I love you all so much. Thanks for making such a great community for me to make these episodes too. I love you all. Until we speak again, don't do anything I wouldn't do. And that gives you a lot of wiggle room. I love you guys. Have an amazing week. Bye.